The cotton industry is working to build greater trust with the consumer and producers are part of that effort. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. This week, we're talking about trust, more specifically, the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol, which is a comprehensive program for sharing information with end users of cotton so they better understand just how well farmers work to produce this key crop sustainably. Now, the best way to learn about that is to talk with a farmer that's involved. Sledge Taylor raises cotton about 50 miles south of Memphis in Mississippi, and he's joined the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. He shares what it takes to be part of the program, and he offers insight about why the program is important for farmers to consider. The key is that today's consumer is really demanding more information from retailers about all the products they buy. And this program helps share that information for those buyers. Taylor offers some insight on what he's learned and gained from the program. Well, Sledge Taylor with the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. Welcome to Around Farm Progress. How are things down where you are? Well, we're uh, we finally dried out a little bit, and we're we're planting corn as we speak, and uh, we finally have good weather, so things are well. That's good. You're down in Mississippi, and obviously planting corn's good. I'm up in Minnesota. We're praying we can plant corn soon, and we've been teased with a few 80-degree days. We know better. So, I see it's going to snow next, or later this week or next week. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting a little uh, – this summer we've had, I've been calling it fake summer. So that's how that works. <laughs> so we're talking about something very interesting. I mean, the cotton industry has long had a reputation for working on ways to be more sustainable. But this U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol, can you explain to me what that means or what it is to uh, someone who may, uh, like a cotton farmer who may have heard about it but may not know what it's about? Sure. Uh, of course, I was doing uh, a, a lot of conservation practices and a lot of uh, minimum tillage, no tillage to begin with. And uh, so it was kind of a no-brainer for me when I, when I heard about it. And I've been a very big proponent. Uh, of the cotton uh, U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol, and I'll explain why maybe in just a minute. But uh, I got involved with it because uh, I, I wanted to uh, quantify and showcase what I was doing on on our farm. So I basically, uh, I, I signed up, and uh, then the way it works is there is a list of questions in any number of different. Uh, kind of fields, uh, or not, not field as in farm field, but in, in right. different categories. And uh, you go through, and it probably takes 45 minutes to an hour to go through the initial uh, questionnaire, and it'll, it'll ask you everything from uh, are your grass, are your waterways grass covered? Uh, how does the water exit your farm? Do you do no-till or minimum till? So just a lot of pretty easy questions, but by the time you've answered them all, you have a pretty good picture of, of what you're doing on your farm. And then, and then you get kind of a spider graph that you can access and uh, you'll see, well, maybe I'm, I'm not as good as, as in my energy as efficiency as I thought, or, Hey, I'm pretty good over here on my fertilizer program, et cetera. So it just kind of gives you a, you know, what's the old saying? I mean, we can change what we can quantify. So uh, when, when you've got the data, 
there. It just gives you an idea of, of, of what's what's going on. And, and you don't have to do it. On, and then we go in and we certain fields that you do, I think we do about 10% of our acreage. Uh, and we go through and kind of record what we do in those particular fields, uh, the number of trips we make, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. You are recording everything though, right? Trips, um, herbicide passes, fertilizer passes, water application, uh, harvest aids, the whole bit, right? Everything is recorded for at least that 10% of acres. That, that's correct. Now, when I, if I had made that comment 15 years ago, there would have been a lot of paper and notebooks and uh, cards and stuff in your pocket that you'd have to sort out at the end of every day. How are you recording all that information now? Well, I, I do some of it with, uh, you know, obviously through the John Deere uh, machines that we use or different other criteria, but I still, I still write notes down. I'm still kind of old school. I, I like, I like to see the, uh, I can pull out my notebook. So I still keep uh, my notes and, and uh, you know, I, it's pretty easy because most of my fields are treated the same. So we, we pretty well, if we spray one field for, uh, you know, for uh, bugs or whatever, or herbicide, we, we're pretty well spraying them all. So it's pretty easy to keep up with. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a combination of kind of, computer and, and still old handwritten notes. Well, that's fair. And I mean, obviously uh, I've never seen the batteries die on a notebook, no. so that's important. <laughs> but the other thing is it does get easier to verify as applied data versus the old days where you had it in a notebook. I mean, you can look at a record and it would, it can verify weather at that time and those kinds of conditions too, right? You can verify, tie that all together. Isn't that important? Yeah, that's, that's correct. And, uh, and then once you get a lot of this data already kind of built into your fields, uh, unless it changes, you can kind of grab that again. Uh, and uh, so anyway, it's, 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 it is comprehensive, but it's not so comprehensive that it is uh, uh, just an undaunting task. I mean, it, it's something that's still accomplishable, you know, by, by the majority of us for sure. Right. So basically comprehensive, but not onerous. So that's exactly. cool. Exactly. That's a good word. That's a good word. <laughs> so based on that, though, uh, the next question is, where's this data going and why? I mean, what does the trust protocol? You were doing all these practices and you did find, I assume, with your spider graph, you figured out, oh, there's a couple of things we can work on in the next five years. Cool. But where's this all going and, and what's the benefit to you and also to the industry? Well, from from what I understand, uh and I think this is very key. Your your data is private. You, your right. your data is is not shared individually with anybody. But in aggregate, uh, everybody's. You can kind of compare maybe to what the aggregate might be of, of others. But uh, I would want to stress that uh, your your data is is protected, and uh, it is your. Uh, it's not shared, uh, except in the aggregate, the way the whole whole program looks. And, and I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that. Uh, the uh, and, and why why do it, or or what's the advantage to me? I, I just think that uh, the world has become so competitive that we need that buyers want number one, the customer wants to know where their products come from. 
So when the customer wants that, then obviously the next step in the chain, the retailer wants to be able to say that this is where your product came from. So it just kind of backs down the chain. And I really think that, that we we need to do this, like, and that's why I'm a big proponent of it, is is to keep our competitive edge and have a have a viable way to make our product attractive. Well, and it's getting really interesting. I mean, obviously, there's new inf- new tools to l- link that bale of cotton from your farm into the system, so they know how it was raised. They keep that private. The aggregated data is to show how the sustainability numbers are improving across the entire industry, which is great for the Target and other and Walmarts of the world that are requesting this, right? Um, and I was surprised to see all the names when I opened the U.S. Trust Protocol, Cotton Trust Protocol website. There's a lot of major retailers that are looking at this and inf- they're benefiting from this information, right? Yeah, that's correct. And and I would I would want to stress that, uh, you know, I, I grow corn and I grow soybeans and, and uh but I can't quantify where my corn, exactly which field my soybeans come from. No, no, not a problem with it necessarily, but cotton for right. years has been able to quantify. I know exactly which field this bale of cotton came from. And I maybe not the exact spot in the field, but I know uh, I can pretty well quantify every, every bale of cotton where, where it originated. Are you using the RFID chips in your bales yet? Or is that just basically recording where you're dropping them? Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not using that yet. I mean, I I just know that we keep up with our modules, yep. and I know those modules came up from from these fields. And that right, they- and that that's valuable. I mean, obviously, you're right. You harvest a, a field of beans. Once it gets to the elevator, nobody knows. They know it's from your farm. <laughs> that's right, about exactly. it. <laughs> but that's becoming more important too because uh, the sustainability message. You know, we. We talk about how the pandemic changed everything, but people really do want to know not only where it came from, but how does sledge raise cotton or how does the industry, not sledge particularly yourself, but the industry, how are you raising cotton differently than before and how are those numbers improving? And that's what this is about, right? Oh, exactly. And, you know, one of the, there's always kind of been a misnomer about cotton as being a heavy user of of water, which is uh, you know, couldn't be farther from the truth, but that that has somehow gotten out uh, to the public. I think the main reason, because they see cotton will grow in a desert, of course, as long as it has water, and and they see that. But you know, like sixty five percent of the cotton grown in the United States is grown uh, without irrigation. So that's uh, just little bullet points like that. I I, I think that. Uh, are, are so important to let the consumers know that hey, we're we're not using a lot of water. We're we're using less and less water. Well, and even the irrigated cotton in the Delta, the upland areas, it's not a desert. There's water there, so it's a little yeah, different. Yeah, we, we, we just use as a supplemental irrigation, which is you know just maybe sometimes just a couple of times a year. So, right, it's a big difference, and I think that's a great story to keep telling. But it's not a it's not a load. I mean, you're get providing information. You don't have to do it for all your fields, but it can be leveraged across your operation. Um, what do you want farmers who have been? I mean, not every cotton farmer is in the trust protocol. Um, if I'm listening to this and I'm a cotton grower in Mississippi or I'm in Alabama or I'm in in the Panhandle of Texas, what do you want to tell me that might make me think I should be a part of this? Well, to to trust the system. Uh, I think as farmers, we're always a little bit 
uh, Larry of, of, of outside in, in, interference. And, uh, you know, we're pretty independent cusses. And, uh, so we don't, uh, I, I, I think uh, sometimes it's just, a probably the main stumbling block is we just don't, uh, we're probably the main stumbling block is people just don't want to be burdened with yet another something to keep up with. Uh, that's why I say it's not that bad. And, uh, but the next thing is, is that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to, you're probably, you, you will benefit more from it than, than, uh, than you would think. And then it's, you're not gonna, uh, nobody's going to come in there and tell you how to farm. So, right. uh, it's all your own personal choice. Well, that's important. I think the other thing, and I want to go back to that spider graph for a minute, because I know field to market, which is another sustainability measure, uses that spider graph. That's kind of an eye opener, isn't it? You fill out that form, you put everything in and you get the graph and you think you're doing really well. And you're like, well, you know, maybe I could stop doing that or I could change this. I mean, we kind of think we're doing a great job. But what weakness did you find the first time you looked at your farm spider graph when you entered your data? And what have you changed from that? Well, I don't know that I've changed anything from it, but, uh, I, I was really, uh, kind of encouraged to see my energy use was, was pretty low, but the, the very first time I put my data, my data in, it came back that my energy use was really high. Well, I had misread the, the, I think I substituted, uh, pounds instead of tons for lime. And so it had me putting out, Oops. you know, a thousand tons of lime on a field or whatever. So it, my energy use, but that that's just a, Side story, but yeah, I said, okay, I made a mistake. I, I saw where it was, but uh, probably I, I wasn't quite as good maybe on some of my fertilizer uh, and, and nutrient things as, as I thought. And uh, we just, we've adjusted that. And of course, with higher fertilizer prices, we've, we, you know, that was kind of an added bonus to cut back a little. <laughs> I'll bet. Definitely. But I think that's important. I mean, we all think we're doing a great job, but if there's a way to objectively, get a little a benchmark or a thumbnail of what's going on. It at least gives you a direction to turn. Because, you know, the other thing is we sit in our operations and we want to be more efficient, right, all the time because efficiency is profit. As far as I'm concerned, if you're more efficient with what you're using, you're not spending, you're saving. Not that you can save yourself to profitability, but you know what I mean. But right. the opportunity is there to say, well, I could do this better. And if you don't, and this objective measurement is pretty cool and a good reason to get into the trust protocol even to start, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and I, of, of all the things probably that are out there, all the benefits, uh, the personal benefits, I still think that, uh, just, it's just my opinion, but I, th I think the fact that, uh, if we're going to keep growing cotton, we need to be able to prove that we're growing it, uh, sustainably and correctly. And, uh, that's that's just the nature of competition we're we're gonna you know we got a lot of people vying for our markets and if we don't do everything we can to hold on to them it's it's, it's not good well it is a competitive global market that's for sure well sledge taylor great to talk to you today about the u.s truck u.s cotton trust protocol that's a lot of words to string together for a journalist anyway but um anybody interested in this Go to trustuscotton.org to learn more about this program. And the website's really detailed, lots of FAQs. Get your questions answered. And if you're raising cotton, it's worth something to look at and take a good look at because as an industry, whether you're raising corn or soybeans or cotton or wheat, 
we're kind of on uh, on guard here. We need to tell our story and get a little better at it. And this is a great way to do that. Sledge, thanks for your time. Thank you, Winnie. Enjoyed it. I enjoyed that conversation with Mr. Taylor. You know, he's raising cotton and he wants buyers to know he and his fellow cotton producers are protecting the environment. After the interview, we also discussed that he uses cover crops and no-till. And you know what? He's really a forward-thinking producer that sees the value of being a part of the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. I might add that it doesn't matter how big your farm is. He notes that farms of all size can be a part of the program. Cotton farmers that are listening to this can learn more by visiting, as he noted, TrustUSCotton.org. Again, that's TrustUSCotton.org. That was an interesting conversation, and if you don't want to miss what we're talking about here at Around Farm Progress, simply subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and more. And if you have a smart speaker, all you have to do is to tell it to listen to Around Farm Progress, and you'll hear the latest episode. Now, after this episode, there will be a change here at Around Farm Progress. I'll be stepping away from the microphone, and the show will transition to occur every two weeks. Now, last week, you heard from Jacqueline Holland and Rachel Schutte, and they will be the regular hosts going forward. After 43 years of covering agriculture, I'm stepping back. I'll still be around the industry, but my role is changing as I retire from Farm Progress. Now, I appreciate the insights I've gained over the years and for all of the guests who have joined me since we started this podcast back in 2020. Thanks for joining me, and please keep listening to Jacqueline and Rachel for the future. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs, and our events including the Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, the New York Farm Show, and the Farm Futures Summit. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.